1: Welcome to another edition of my Two Cents Podcast, episode 36, which is entitled, I Said What I Said. And I'll get more into that whenever the time calls for it. But before I get into my topics, let me read you off my national food days for the week. Today, August 22nd, is Pecan Tort Day, which is basically a pecan pie of some sorts, and Eat a Peach Day. Tomorrow, August 23rd, will be Cuban Sandwich Day and also Sponge Cake Day. After that, August 24th, Peach Pie Day. August 25th, Whiskey Sour Day. August 26th, Cherry Popsicle Day. August 27th, Porch de Creme Day. And also Burger Day. And August 28th, Cherry Turnovers Day. Now, let me just start off with this. Uh, Me and my brother went back to our school today. Well, this week. CCU, our college, opened back up. And we all had to go back in wearing our mask and inside indoors. And this week was fine. I had to change out of two uh, classes because uh, one class, will, equipment would have been too much for me to spend on, and the second class, I knew why so I was sitting there listening to the professor, and it has nothing to do with the professor. Uh, the work, I'm just not gonna do that. Nah, I had to write in a different style format, and I just didn't feel comfortable with it, so I was able to get that fixed, and now I have my schedule right, and I'm doing good, and I know I'm gonna do well this uh this fall semester and that's all i gotta say for right now i'll give you guys more i'll keep you guys more updated as the semester goes i'll give you guys a weekly update every sunday episode but um let me get into the topics that i want to talk about the first topic i really want to talk about is biden pulling the troops out of afghanistan that's been a big uh big thing that's happening this week once i got the update from twitter that biden was pulling the troops out of afghanistan i didn't think nothing of it until i saw his press conference that he did i believe monday or tuesday and i saw the press conference and i'm just gonna give you a highlight of the press conference matter of fact i'm gonna play a highlight of it and i'm gonna let you listen to it and then after that i'm gonna just give you my opinion on the whole big thing and i'm gonna give you some backstory of why american troops were in afghanistan in the first place but without further ado Let me play you the highlights uh, video, well, highlight audio of Biden at
2: the press conference. And this is coming from CNBC. Here's what I believe to my core. It is wrong to order American troops to step up when Afghanistan's own armed forces would not. The political leaders of Afghanistan were unable to come together for the good of their people Unable to negotiate for the future of their country when the chips were down, they would never have done so while U.S. troops remained in Afghanistan, bearing the brunt of the fighting for them. And our true strategic competitors, China and Russia, would love nothing more than the United States to continue to funnel billions of dollars in resources and attention into stabilizing Afghanistan indefinitely. When I hosted President Ghani and Chairman Abdullah at the White House in June, and again when I spoke by phone to Ghani in July, we had very frank conversations. We talked about how Afghanistan should prepare to fight their civil wars after the U.S. military departed, to clean up the corruption in government so that the government could function for the Afghan people, we talked extensively about the need for Afghan leaders to unite politically. They failed to do any of that. I also urged them to engage in diplomacy, to seek a political settlement with the Taliban. This advice was flatly refused. Mr. Ghani insisted the Afghan forces would fight, but obviously he was wrong. So i left again to ask of those who argue that we should stay. How many more generations of America's daughters and sons would you have me send to fight Afghanistan's civil war when Afghan troops will not? How many more lives, American lives, is it worth? How many endless rows of headstones at Arlington National Cemetery? I'm clear on my answer. I will not repeat the mistakes we've made in the past. Mistake of staying and fighting indefinitely in a conflict that is not in the national interest of the United States, of doubling down on a civil war in a foreign country, of attempting to remake a country through the endless military deployments of U.S. forces. Those are the mistakes we cannot continue to repeat because we have significant vital interest in the world that we cannot afford to ignore. I also want to acknowledge how painful this is to so many of us. The scenes we're seeing in Afghanistan, they're gut wrenching, particularly for our veterans, our diplomats, humanitarian workers, for anyone who has spent time on the ground working to support the Afghan people for those who have lost loved ones in Afghanistan, and for Americans who have fought and served in the country, serve our country in Afghanistan. This is deeply, deeply personal. It is for me as well. I've worked on these issues as long as anyone. I've been throughout Afghanistan during this war, while the war was going on, from Kabul to Kandahar, to the Kunar Valley. I've traveled there, on four different occasions. I met with the people. I spoken to the leaders. I spent time with our troops. And I came to understand firsthand what was and was not possible in Afghanistan.
1: Now, as you heard from that clip, President Biden was basically saying with his chest that he, well, he decided to take out the troops in Afghanistan. He stands by his decision. I don't I don't blame Biden for a lot of things. I can't blame Biden for taking the troops out of there because he has always felt that they shouldn't have been there in the first place. That is a leader's responsibility as the president. How many former presidents behind him whenever people were running up to see who were going to become president, a.k.a. in the electoral uh, presidential debates and all these type of things, people would talk about, well, I'm going to bring the troops home and, all this other crap. That was always like the big one. I'm going to bring the troops home. That was always one you would hear every single presidential election. And now that we finally got that from Biden, people are upset. Me, I'm personally upset because now you are creating a big old situation. You think you're doing good by bringing the troops home back to their families, which I, let me state this right now. I have no problem with troops coming home to see their families and everything like that, because guess what? Everybody has a family. Everybody deserves to see their family. That's a great thing that he is doing on that part. But, and here's a but here, whenever Osama bin Laden was killed, and it was publicized that he was killed, I believe we should have got out of there right then and there. If people don't understand why we are in this whole debacle that we're in, I can tell you why in a minute. I want to stick on Biden just taking the troops out. Taking the troops out leads to what we're dealing with right now with Afghanistan and all these other uh, people that's coming over. You got now refugees that are coming over to America. You got people that are trying to get American papers coming over to America. Good for them. I have no problem with that. But I have a feeling we're going to get back to 2006, 2007-ish whenever people would complain about Uh, illegal aliens, a.k.a. the Hispanic community, coming over uh, the border in America illegally, and you will hear people just complaining about how they are taking American jobs. Now that we are in this situation where people don't want to go back to work in America, people from Afghanistan are going to come over and take the jobs, and people are going to say, well, American people had the opportunity to go back to work work first, but now we're going to give these people that came over from Afghanistan over here the place to work that is us as the americans they are going to flip if i say we're going to give them a piece of the american dream don't fall for that at all i'm letting you know that right now this is a bigger play at hand people coming over here to take the jobs are a bigger play at hand and they're going to say we're going to try to give them the american dream that is a big load of crap i'm just going to throw that out and stomp that right there once osama bin laden got killed the troops should have got out of there And if anything, we should have had some people just stationed there just in case if the Taliban were going to try to do something, just blow them up real quick. And people will say, Joe, you can't blow anything up. You can blow things up. It's just about is it human rights that we're caring about when we blow something up? Let's be honest here. That's all it really comes down to. Do we care about the people that we're blowing up? And as you can tell right now, the Afghanistan uh, president, he left. He doesn't care about the Afghanistan people. He dipped, he got his family, and he dipped out of Afghanistan, and he's somewhere. I don't know where he's at, but he's gone. So the Taliban took over all of Afghanistan. They are holding down their fort. They are taking and reclaiming back their land. That's what they're doing. I can't blame them at all because guess what? Whenever your enemy is deciding to leave your land now or leave your country, guess what? It's bound that they're gonna come back to try to take what was there before. People come over to try to grab and snatch it up. But let me rewind this for you. We're in this situation because remember, two thousand and one, nine eleven, twin towers come crashing down because of Al Qaeda coming in and hitting the planes into the twin towers and causing a big old uh, just something a big old national tragedy. That's just the nicest way I can say this. We go to war, and at one time, it was about, okay, we're trying to kill the Taliban. We're trying to kill Al-Qaeda. That was all America's whole mission was, trying to kill them so the people in Afghanistan could be free of the Taliban, and also the people in America could get a measure of revenge for them taking out the Twin Towers, one. And then, two, killing American uh, lives on the planes. That was all this whole thing was about. Let's not forget what we were originally there for. In the process of troops going over there to Afghanistan, people were also able to send their people over to Iraq, a.k.a. the American troops were sending their people over to Iraq. The troops ends up finding Saddam Hussein on December 13, 2003. Saddam Hussein was captured by the U.S. forces, and then he was set on trial for, I believe, uh, crimes against humanity. I'm reading it right here, yeah. Uh, Saddam Hussein was found guilty of crimes against humanity and was subsequently sentenced to death. He was executed on December 30th, 2006. Now let's transfer back over to Al-Qaeda and the Taliban. At that time, the leader of Al-Qaeda and the leader of the Taliban, their big frontrunner was Osama bin Laden. And you remember, Osama bin Laden was America's greatest enemy. At least that's what America was telling all the American citizens. Yet again, this is a big, deeper, darker uh criminal link here. I'm not going to even try to go deep down this rabbit hole, but just follow me a little bit as I just dip my toes into it just a little bit. Osama bin Laden gets captured, right? And he gets killed. Well, I'm not going to say he gets captured, but he gets killed and it was announced that he died on May 2nd, 2011. So that should have been the end of the war right there. We did our main objective. We did what we were supposed to do. We killed the Taliban's leader, Osama Bin Laden and in the process years before we got rid of Osama Bin Laden by giving Iraq well somebody out of uh power. We should have dipped out after that. But no as a country as what American the government does we stay, we overstay our welcome. That was in 2011. We are now in 2021 that's another 10 years and months later. Matter of fact that's 10 years and since we're in august right now that is another 10 years and three months yeah because may is may is the fifth month in august now that's another 10 years and three months we overstayed our welcome over there in afghanistan we try to make everything better we try to make it the american way dog listen not everything could be the american way Every country is different. Every country has their own set of rules. I understand that people in America want everybody to be like Americans and all this and all that. But listen, we got to clean around our own doorstep before we can creep around somebody else's. Do you understand what I'm getting at here? America has its own set of problems. Yes, we are still the American dream. We are still giving that tagline that all these immigrants can come over here, try to make your life better, try to make your family better. We can... Try to sell you on this big dream of hope. And the big hope, all right? That's what America does because America is the greatest um, PR firm in the world. It is. Whether people want to disagree with it or not, just look at America's PR and the way that we're able to spin things and tell me we ain't the best at it in the whole entire world. I dare you to try to argue that. But why do we overstay our welcome? Because America loves to do this. We go into somebody else's country, we do an objective, we complete the objective, but then somehow, eh, I want to kick my feet up. I want to I wanna stay here a little bit longer. That's like you, no, 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 no. You do your job, you get out, don't linger, don't pester, don't do nothing. You did what you were supposed to do. And personally, in my personal opinion, this is just coming from G2 right now. I think that America, as soon as we got done killing Osama Bin Laden, I don't think we were supposed to say a mumbling word. I don't think we're supposed to say anything because you want to know why. Once you kill a snake at the top, another one grows behind it and controls the whole legion underneath them. Let's just say as, okay, if Biden dies right now, God forbid, Biden dies right now, who's going to take over his spot? Kamala Harris. If Kamala Harris dies, who's going to be taking over her spot? The person underneath Kamala Harris. And the chain goes so far and go and go and go. When Osama bin Laden died, okay, there was a guy that came up after him and they were already hailing him as being worse than Osama bin Laden. And then again, I don't remember who the guy was, but I remember that. And I was like, he's worse than Osama bin Laden? Are you kidding me? It's all about people being in the know. We, as Americans, we got the news that Osama Bin Laden died. That was one of the biggest achievements in American history because we were able to get back at the person who got and took out the Twin Towers and killed American civilians on a plane that were just being themselves, that were just going off to their destination, that didn't have to die uh, deaths that were just for nothing. We took out that person that ordered that hit. So now... We should have dipped out and just, whenever the time calls for it, we'll either go back in and just start destroying everybody else, a.k.a. our enemies, or we're just going to leave and bomb the whole place and, hey, whoever's there, got to fix up the rubble. Again, you can bomb up a place, and I'm telling you that right now. You can. It's all about, do you care about the human lives that are there? Whenever we bombed, uh, this was in World War II, when we had the atomic bomb, that was destroying a whole Big place, matter of fact, let me look this up for you right now. In World War II, on August 6th and August 9th, of 1945, two big Japanese cities of Hiroshima and Nagasaki were bombed by uh, atomic bombs, and the two bombs killed between 129,000 people and 226,000 people, most of whom were civilians and remain only the use of nuclear weapons in armed conflict. This comes from Wikipedia. You can take that with a grain of salt if you feel like it, but a lot of people would have uh, changed that up if that was false by now. So just listen to me here. Atomic bombs went off over in that time period, and Americans have had the time to look back over that and say that wasn't necessary, that didn't wasn't called for, and all this type of stuff. You can have debates with people with that, and you can look up online right now, and people will say that there have been debates that will the atomic bombings weren't that necessary for at that time. But we were in war. World War II, we were in war. America was in a war with our enemies, and we needed to do something to cripple them and make them surrender. And we got flagged for it after the fact by our own American citizens. So, in 2011, after Osama bin Laden was was dead, we could have left, and if The Taliban were going to say they're going to do something else. We could have easily dropped an atomic bomb on them. And yet again, people would say, by God, Joe, that is causing a big international incident if you drop an atomic bomb over on that city. Now, look back at where, look back at then if we would have done it. If we would have did it, it would have been a, a big national incident, international incident. And other countries would have looked at America like, how could you have done this? We would have just straight up told them, hey, they killed mad many people over here by doing that whole stunt on 9-11 we killed their top leader Osama Bin Laden they gave us a video of them saying that they're going to retaliate so we beat them to the punch hey that's what it is in a fight and that's what it is in a war you beat your opponent to the punch that's all you do so you can make them either a say uncle or either b completely wave the white flag and say yo we are done and we don't want to mess with you we're done here That's the only way you win in a war and in a fight. That's the only way it's done. Now, look where we're at now. We are now taking people out of that country that need help because the Taliban, hey, they're going to do what they do over there. And also, by the way, just to give you a little head head note here, the Taliban have American equipment over there that were left by American soldiers. They have bulletproof vests. They have the guns. They have the weaponry. They have the vehicles. They even showed a photo of the Taliban in the American soldiers' gym that was over there for them so they can just keep themselves maintained. That is what the Taliban have now. They have all our military weapons. They have all of our military vehicles. Do you not understand what they're doing? They just straight up pulled our pump card by saying, hey, yo, you guys left us here. We have it now. What you going to do about it? They're pulling America's pump card. I don't know what else to tell you, but that's just me laying down the foundation here. Biden did this because he's tired of doing this. He's tired of having American troops over there. He's tired of constantly being in a fight that we should have never been in in the first place. He's tired of it, and he actually did what all of these other former presidents said they were going to do, pull the troops out of the war. And he did that. And in Biden's own press conference, he said that he had the military try to equip the Afghanistan military that they can get themselves set up so that they can fight and that they can defend their country against the Taliban if the Taliban was going to do anything. And apparently, as you can see, that failed. That failed tremendously because they're... No, Afghanistan people over there were not ready. They were not ready at all. They are babies, okay? And I don't mean to say that in a bad way. I'm saying it as this. Just follow me here when I say this. You have your mom and dad constantly do your battles for you, pay your bills for you, and everything else. It's just like the American way now. You're born, your mom and dad pays for your food, they pay for your cars, they pay your bill, they do everything for you, right? Now, if they don't teach you in the right way, they don't teach you, okay, here's the bill, and here's how you pay for it, and here's this and that. If they don't teach you in the way in which you should go as an adult, you're going to be a baby when you hit the adult age and they decide to kick you out and now you're on your own, and now you're like a baby into the new world. Because you don't know how to deal with this type of things, but if your parents teach you up in the right way, hey, here's what we've been doing, follow along, and here's what you need to do, and da, da 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 da. They give you guidance. They go, they send you out into the world. Yes, you still might be a baby, but you'll still be able to handle the new world without as much nervousness as you would be if you didn't, if you wasn't taught. You will still be seen as a baby, but you will have the knowledge to know, okay, I know how to do this. I know how to do that. I know how to do this. If this doesn't work, do you get it? Afghanistan troops were not in that way. We could have trained them all day, but war is war. You don't know how it is until you're in that war, period. Afghanistan troops weren't always in the war. You always had American troops constantly being sent over there and sent over there and sent over there to either look after the Afghanistan people fight the little fights that were over there, or whatever have you be, that was what the American troops were over there for. Now, we're pulling them out, and all right, dogs, y'all do it yourselves. We gave you the tools. We taught you how to do it. No, 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 no. Taliban, they have been training all this time. They've been training underground. they begin themselves together. So they've been waiting for this right day. They've been waiting for this. For whenever America decides, okay, we're going to pull the troops out. Okay, guys, deal with it on your own. And now they came out the woods. They came out in the dirt. And they straight up attacked. And by God, as soon as he was told that the American troops were getting to come out of the Afghanistan, they completely just rough shot and took over as they're supposed to do. I can't get mad at the Taliban for doing that at all. I personally can't. Because if it was the other way around, American troops would have did that. American troops, matter of fact, they did that whenever English tried to came over into America with the whole uh, war between American and uh, the English immigrants whenever they came over to America and the English that wanted to come over and try to get their taxes from the English Americans, the English immigrants, to go back to the king. If you don't know it, look up history. You'll get the whole drift here. It's called the Revolutionary War. Just look it up and you'll understand it's like where I'm going with this. But the Taliban did what they were supposed to do. They came out of the World war, they took back their government. And now we're in this pickle that we're in now. But again, we can easily isolate this and kill this out now. But it's all about human rights. And yo, truth be told, I don't know what I would do if I was the president of the United States. I don't know if I would have kept the. I would have. I probably would have kept the uh the soldiers over there just so I could eliminate the threat or even the idea that I've, that. The Taliban or even Al-Qaeda, whatever the case may be, could pull back up and just try to overthrow them the way that they're doing now. But this is armchair quarterbacking it right now after we're seeing it happening. But since they were already there, you got to keep troops there now. You got to. It ain't like America don't have troops in other places, in other locations that we were once there and we were told to leave. I guarantee you there's mad troops in other countries that we were supposed to leave, but they're still there. I want to read you guys something. This is coming from Vox.com, and the title is Why Biden Was So Set on Withdrawing from Afghanistan. And underneath it, it says, even in 2009, he didn't believe the military had a strategy for victory. It reads an article that in 2009, the new Obama administration debated whether to surge troop levels in Afghanistan. Nearly eight years of war had failed to quell the insurgency from the overthrowing Taliban forces. Top generals asked early that year for 17,000 more troops and then having gotten those asked for an additional 40000 to try to weaken the Taliban and strengthen the Afghan government. Then-Vice President Biden was consistently one of the biggest skeptics of the military's recommendation. Throughout months of debate, he repeatedly raised the inconvenient point that the general's preferred strategy seemed extremely unlikely to lead to actual victory. We have not thought through our strategy goals he shouted during the Obama administration's first meeting on war in Afghanistan. All this was documented at the time in Bob Woodworth's deeply reported 2010 book, Obama Wars. Biden did not actually support withdrawal at the time. He put for a more limited mission focused on counterterrorism, accompanied by a small troop surge than the military he wanted. But his dark view of the long-term picture was clearly vindicated in decades since. Now that Biden is president and has actually withdrawn from the war leading to a Taliban takeover of Afghanistan, is worth revisiting that past debate as outlined in Woodworth's book to understand why his mind was so firmly made up. You can read the article and all these other things, but my whole thing was Biden wasn't even ready to even have the troops in Afghanistan in 2009. He was ready to pull them out then. So Biden has always stood on the ground of, yo, we need to get him out of here because this whole thing is not worth it at all. So I can't blame Biden again for this. I just know that this is his whole agenda. He did what he said he was going to do. He said that he wanted to pull him out and that's what we got. And so I can say that he stuck to his word on this. But it does, at the end of the day, does it give you, is it? Is it what we want? Is it really what we want? Because now we're going to have refugees coming over to America and I have a feeling that with America's past we're going to have a whole lot of people trying to get at these refugees saying they're saying some not nice things because America we have a we have a tendency to uh get at people Americans have a tendency to get at other people that don't look like them we make a whole lot of jokes and people say a whole lot of mean things to people so at the end of the day is pulling the troops out of afghanistan really the right thing i'll let you guys decide on that and i'll let you guys debate on that on your own now i'm gonna give you back to an update on andrew cuomo and chris cuomo i know you guys are probably tired of hearing about it but hey man this is a nice interesting thing for me personally because i've never heard of a brother being in politics being ousted out having his brother be on the news and and helping him in all these type of things i've never heard of this. this is the first time i've ever heard of this so sorry for me uh being so like excited not even excited but just keep on updating you guys on this thing but i'm gonna this i'm gonna continue updating it as long as i keep on getting information about it i'm just gonna let you know that right now um chris cuomo came out on cnn this week and he uh elaborated to the cnn audience his audience about his uh doings with his brother. He elaborated, and I'm going to just play the audio clip for you right now. This comes from
0: CNN. Before we wrap up tonight, there's one more thing I do want to say about me, my brother, my family, and you. First, thank you. Thank you for reaching out. I appreciate the concern and the support. I really do. My brother, as you know, resigned as governor of New York and will be stepping down next week. There are a lot of people feeling a lot of hurt and a lot of pain right now. And my hope is that ultimately everyone involved can get to a better place, that some higher good will be served in all of this. As for me, I've told you it's never easy being in this business and coming from a political family, especially now. This situation is unlike anything I could have imagined. And yet I know what matters at work and at home. Everyone knows you support your family. I know and appreciate that you get that. But you should also know I never covered my brother's troubles because I obviously have a conflict and there are rules at CNN about that. I said last year that his appearances on this show would be short lived and they were the last was over a year ago long before any kind of scandal. I also said back then that a day would come when he would have to be held to account. And I can't do that. I said point blank. I can't be objective when it comes to my family. So I never reported on the scandal. And when it happened, I tried to be there for my brother. I'm not an advisor. I'm a brother. I wasn't in control of anything. I was there to listen and offer my take. And my advice to my brother was simple and consistent own what you did, Tell people what you'll do to be better. Be contrite. And finally, accept that it doesn't matter what you intended. What matters is how your actions and words were perceived. And yes, while it was something I never imagined ever having to do, I did urge my brother to resign when the time came. There are stories and critics saying all kinds of things about me, many unsupported. But know this, my position has never changed. I never misled anyone about the information I was delivering or not delivering on this program. I never attacked nor encouraged anyone to attack any woman who came forward. I never made calls to the press about my brother's situation. I never influenced or attempted to control CNN's coverage of my family. And as you know, back in May, when I was told to no longer communicate with my brother's aides in any group meetings, I acknowledged it was a mistake. I apologized to my colleagues and I stopped and I meant it. It was a unique situation being a brother to a politician in a scandal and being part of the media. I tried to do the right thing and I just want you all to know that. As I've said, we have rules here at CNN that prevent me from reporting on my brother. They remain in place and will continue to. Tonight, I simply wanted to address something that given what's happened, I just felt it needed to be said. This will be my final word on it, and I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to do so.
1: Now, as you heard from that, Chris Cuomo said what he said. Yo, he said that, hey, that's my brother. It was hard to even cover this. You guys know I couldn't cover this. I had rules and regulations at CNN that said I couldn't cover this, but I had to be a brother to my brother. And even then, I gave him advice, yo, you need to resign, and my brother resigned. I did what a brother was supposed to do, and I'm sorry. And he admitted that and he also wants to thank the people that stuck around beside him and everything else, as you heard from that clip. But I just want to also piggyback onto Chris Cuomo again. I would have done the exact same thing. That's what you're supposed to do as a sibling. If you love your family so much, you stand beside them and you hopefully can get them out of this trouble. But if not, you just stand beside them and that's all the best that you can do and let and give them all the love that you can. Because once you're family, that's all you have. If you've especially you've been trained up in the way that once your parents are gone, the only thing you have is family or your only thing you have in this life just in general is family. That's what you're supposed to do. And that's the way you've been trained up. And I believe that's the way the Cromos have been trained up. So I, again, I stand with Chris Cuomo on this. You're supposed to protect your brother. You're supposed to protect your sibling as the best as you can. And that's all I got for you on that whole situation. But I'm going to get on to Andrew Cuomo for a minute because they have decided to overturn the impeachment process. They're going to continue to uh, look into Cuomo for past uh, sexual assaults and also uh, the allegations of him covering up numbers during the uh, nursing homes for COVID-19 of whenever people were dying over there. Yet again, that's a whole deep dark criminal link there I don't know what to even start on that because I don't even live in New York and I don't I don't know about that so I don't know where to even start but they are now going to continue to move forward with it move forward with his impeachment trial well move forward with the looking into his uh situation so I'm not sure if they're going to be able to even impeach him after he is uh going to be gone and he's going to be gone within another couple of days so I don't know what they're going to do But I'm just gonna give you the, gonna constantly give you um, information on what they find out when I happen to find out along with you guys as well. One thing that I did see whenever I was waiting for one of my classes this week when I was searching online, this is coming from USA Today about Andrew Cuomo. Andrew Cuomo puts in for retirement and he gets some retirement from his pension. I didn't know once you step down, you get retirement. I didn't know anything about this, but the article breaks down what he gets, and how he gets it. The article reads, Cuomo, whose resignation will be effective Tuesday, put in for retirement this week and is expected to get about 50000 a year pension for his 15 years of state service, 11 as governor, and 4 as attorney general. See, I didn't know that at all. I didn't know he gets a pension at all. I didn't know he gets retirement. Uh, I don't... Mm, they say that his retirement will take effect September first, according to the state uh, office. Yet again, I don't, I don't know none about this type of thing. This stuff is weird. You step down for your position, and now you get pension, you get retirement. How, how does that even work? How does it seriously? He steps down, he retires, and oh yeah, I'm gonna get retirement, and they're gonna pay me off. How does that work? I know people get paid off, but. Whenever you get allegations like this, I don't think you're supposed to get paid at all. I don't think... Well, let's play this. It's innocent until proven guilty. But, then again, I already told you last week, I think one of them, you got, you, that, that's, that's a little bit of shaky grounds right there. But another 10, they haven't came out with nothing, but came out and said something, at least to my knowledge. Again, this is my knowledge again. But, my whole deal is, I don't know how he's going to get retirement or even get pension i don't see how that works but yet again i'm not working in big government and yet again as i said before this is nothing but backstage uh shaking of hands because think about it whenever you get fired or if you decide to quit i don't think you will get the remaining uh bits of money that's left on your contract you decided to leave your job you decided that he decided to step down from office yes he says because he loves new york and he wanted to get back uh, things back to normal he wanted people to try to get back to normal he wanted life to get back to normal and he thought that his uh allegations would hinder his hinder new york in the long big over since of the deal but that's not true at all so he gets paid for dropping out he gets paid for leaving out out of the rest of his contract he gets paid for this how This is like almost an NFL player, NBA player, or MLB player deciding to sit out whenever they still got a job to do. Right now, Deshaun Watson, he has multiple sexual allegations. And guess what? He is still playing football in the NFL. Baseball players have had multiple sexual allegations. Guess what? They still play on their position. Basketball players, same thing. They don't just get to quit. They don't just get to quit and walk off and still get paid. That's just the thing. How is Cuomo getting paid for this? I don't see it. I don't see how a lot of things are legal, but apparently, Joe, this is legal. He can still get paid. And people might say, Joe, it's only $50,000. Can you imagine telling somebody to get paid $50,000 just because they're walking off of a joint and they get $50,000 a year? Best believe somebody can get that. Okay, here's the deal. He can get another job and he's still going to get paid at $50,000, ladies and gentlemen. That's the thing for this institution for to let him just get his $50,000. It's just over it's just mind-boggling to me. But again, this is Anthony Cuomo. He has political background ties. Again, I've said it before. This thing runs deeper digger. Deeper than what we all know. But I'm not going to touch those waters because he has political background and he has people in higher places. Best believe that. But again, he's getting $50,000 a year. And I guarantee you, that's not all he's going to get. I promise you that. But again, that just me probably throwing out a little bit of conspiracy theories here. But again, families with political tides. Again, that's what I want you all to understand. This guy isn't just going to get $50,000 a year. He's going to get more than that. But that's all up for people in higher places to dig through the paperwork and expose that to the world. And once it happens, don't think that I'm not going to come on here and tell you I told you so. I'm going to rush my happy butt up on this platform and say, I told you so. Because a lot of things is right in your face. And us as the American people, we just don't like to admit it. Or whenever it's time for us to admit it, we always have that doubt in us that maybe not. But we all know that it's there. So again, this is darker than what this is darker and deeper than what we all know. And I'll say it again. Cuomo's getting $50,000 for stepping down. Again, $50,000 a year for stepping down. But hey, that's just uh, my thought on that with Anthony Cuomo. By the way, it's $50,000 a year for 15 years. So do the math on that. That is a good straight mm, $750,000 for 15 years. Yeah, that was quick math. That's how much money he's going to get for 15 years. Again, watch what I tell you. He's going to get more than $750,000 for 15 years. Watch what I tell you. But, yet again, I'm going to leave that to people in higher places to expose that. Now I want to get on to another topic. A topic that was on my radar because of Twitter. And people on Twitter were freaking out a lot. And, if, and it's about a, a social media brand called OnlyFans. Now, if you know what OnlyFans are, you should know exactly what I'm about to tell you. But if you don't know what OnlyFans is, let me explain it to you. It was a site that was mainly functioning as adult, uh, stars, uh, place of payment that they can send out their videos and send out photos to anybody that wanted to purchase it from them. You could have followed that person on that social media site, all these types of things. It was a subscription based, uh, platform for these adult, uh, workers. And I'm not, I'm, I'm trying to understand this. The adult workers cashed in a lot of money last year. I'm not going to say a lot, but they brought in a lot of money. Let me rephrase it. They brought in a lot of money to OnlyFans last year. They brought in about a good $5 billion, what I read on an article at one point. Matter of fact, hold on one second. I'm sorry, I said $5 billion. No, they brought in $2.4 billion in because of people going on there and sending out, well, buying subscriptions and buying either merchandise or photos or videos from their selected variety of people that they wanted to follow on that platform. And now OnlyFans is deciding that they are going to make it harder for the adult contemporary, the adult fans, the adult subscribers on this website and platform. If you know what adult uh, platform, adult superstars adult people are if you don't know what that means i'm talking about people that work in the adult entertainment industry i'm not going to go any farther you should know what that means if you don't ask somebody that does know and only fans is deciding that they're going to ban explicit content adult explicit content and if you don't know what that means that means they're going to ban people uh selling i'm not trying to say raunchy because it's not really raunchy Is I don't call it raunchy. I call it they're selling their own services to people that want to buy it. Buy it. That's the same thing like people selling, well, narcotics and anything else. You cannot get mad at a person selling narcotics. You only can get at the person that's buying the narcotics. So let's be perfectly clear. I can sell you anything you, I can sell you anything I want. I could try to sell you a house. I could try to sell you some land. I could try to sell you anything else on this planet. But it's all up to you as the person coming up to me to want to buy it. That's where all the responsibility goes and lies down to. Let's make that perfectly clear. But anyway, OnlyFans decided that this Thursday they made the decision to stop hosting a wide uh, slew of sexually explicit content on their platform. And that means you cannot sell any type of photos of nudity. You cannot try to sell any videos with like explicit types of nudity, but it's really awkward to me because a comedian really broke it down real simply for everybody to understand this. OnlyFans got popular last year because the adult entertainment industry really hopped on that platform and brought in a lot of money because people were going on there to see all these adult entertainment stars and... The thing about this is you're stopping people's income. Last year, people didn't have much income because the world shut down so they had to figure out a way how to hustle. In the adult entertainment industry, they did it the best way that they can, or people inside the adult entertainment industry did it the best way they can by going on to OnlyFans and selling their merchandise and selling what they want to sell on that site. But now, OnlyFans is going to cut their nose to spite their face because now you're stopping what brought you in buku dollars last year because you have now business partners that looked at your portfolio that saw how much money you bringing in and everything else and they're telling you, oh yeah we can't invest in this platform because you have people that don't that won't look good for corporate America, aka the big wigs they won't look good for them because if their names attached to this, that means that's going to downgrade them. That's all this thing applies to, if we're really going to be honest. Because whenever you even apply for a job, all right, you can be the best at something. You can be bringing in mad amounts of dollars. But guess what? They're not going to want you as the face of that company. They're going to want you in the background, even though you're doing all the work and everything for this company. They're not going to want you as the face, because if they see, because if they think that the public is going to see you as the face of the company, even though you're bringing in mad mouses of dollars by your work, guess what's happening? Corporate America is going to think that, okay, this person is etc, 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 and we can't do business with them. We can't do business with you, because you now have these tags, you have now have these stigmas, Placed onto you by corporate bigwigs. And the funny thing is about corporate bigwigs. They are the biggest hypocrites. They are the biggest thieves. They are the biggest everything around the world. They are the thugs. Of the planet. Corporate bigwigs are really the thugs. They will take anybody's idea. Without giving up. Any type of. uh, Not even recommendation. Any type of. Revenue stream back to them. They won't reimburse them, they won't mention them, they won't mention that they got their idea from this person, they'll just take that idea, run with it, collect all the money off of it, and just look at you like, yeah, I got uh, your idea, but what are you going to do about it? Because I can sue you and hold you in court for a long period of time, or I can send somebody in just to end you, if corp- if that's one massive, mean corporate uh bigwig that you're dealing with. I'm just stating out the obvious to you. But only fans is cutting off the nose to spite their face because they don't want to have business investors saying, Now nah, we can't deal with you. Do you not know that you guys made Buku dollars last year? I mean, Buku $2.4 billion last year off of adult entertainment photos, videos, any type of things that they were selling to their people that were there to buy their subscription. You mean to tell me you're going to cut off that because you got now investors coming into your app that say, yo, we want to invest in this thing. No, you have to make them bend the knee to you because you are already doing the job. You're already making this business. Your business is already booming without them. So why is it the need of them to come onto your platform and really just try to, excommunicate the people that made your platform what it is it makes no sense to me because yet again i'm just a guy that looks at everything rationally yes a big wig investor might not want to deal with the headache of saying that hey um, i am investing in only fans and and they have to deal with their partner telling them or somebody they respect telling them hey What is OnlyFans? And then they had to break it down, what OnlyFans is to them. And then they'd be like, hold on, wait a minute. I've heard of this. You mean the site that yada, yada, yada? And then you're going to have to explain it and say, well, yeah, but they brought in this massive amount of dollars. But then you still have that investor person looking at you like you are investing in this. I can't invest with you in this because this is going to diminish my name. They're not looking at the dollar sign. They're looking at the legacy amount with their name coming around it. What that aura, what that power, what that brings around their name to that platform. And it just doesn't make sense to me as a guy looking at this. I thought America was all about making money. I mean, Uncle Sam takes mad percentages of money from people every year. You buy a car, that he wants taxes from it every year. Just to say, hey, yo, this thing has been... up to date every year. Which is stupid. You buy a house. What does Uncle Sam do? Okay, you gotta pay some insurance on it. Why am I paying insurance to you? Why am I paying Uncle Sam for this? Da-da-da-da-da. But you still gotta do it. You buy land. Every year you're paying land taxes. What? You're paying taxes every year for you buying land that you bought for this one time. I said this already with my mother because I talked to her about this and I said, land... Buying land should work like this. You buy land, you pay for the taxes once, because once, just like everything else, you buy a television, you only pay for the taxes once. You buy an air conditioner, you only pay for the taxes once. You buy water, you buy food, you buy anything of value and of substance, you only want to pay for taxes once. But land is of substance, you're buying it, and now you have to pay for it, taxes yearly, for something that you bought once. So, my idea is you buy land, you pay for the taxes once, and then you're, that's it. That land is with that person, whoever bought it, for as long as they're alive on this planet. And then once they die, then you they have the option to, the family got the option to, okay, take up this person's, you got to now buy the land from the government now, because now technically that person has now been ceased off this earth, and now you have to buy the land from the people, or... You can just let the government have the land back. And people might say, Joe, that is ridiculous. No, that's the truth. That's the only way I can see how the government can literally say anything of this magnitude. But then again, it's the government. But still, let me round it back off to this. OnlyFans was booming. And it still is booming with the people that's on the platform now. How can you do that to the workers that made that platform what it is? It doesn't make any sense to me as a common guy. It doesn't make any sense to anybody if you tell them, "Hey, yo, this platform has been booming, and now you got investors on it, but is going to want you to cut off what made your platform booming." Nobody's going to say, "Yo, okay, cool, let's uh, let's let's cut them off." No, they're going to say, "Okay, how can we tweak it to still satisfy the people that bought massive amounts of?" whatever they bought on your on your subscription based uh, system and we're gonna keep them satisfied and maintain but also we're going to keep our investors satisfied and maintain as well see that's how this works it's give and take but you don't but you don't give a lot of yourself you only give up a little bit so you can get and receive a lot especially since your app again is making buku dollars. So for me, to wrap this all up in a nutshell, OnlyFans investors, new investors, you are cutting your nose to spite your face. Do not, and I repeat, do not do what you think you're about to do, because I'm telling you, as soon as these adult stars get off this platform, get off this app, I'm telling you, they're going to find another one, and they're going to make that app much more bigger because people are going to want to search up on searching for their stars that they have been watching for over a year since they've been cooped up inside the house. That's all it's about. And the funny thing is, just saying that thought right there alone makes me understand exactly what they're trying to do. They're trying to nix the idea of all these apps around here. Because people are going back to work, ideally. People are going back to all these type of things. The world is opening back up. They're not going to have another shutdown because the big wigs at the top Don't want to have to uh, kill their lifestyle. So that's one reason why we're never going to have another lockdown again. I'm just going to let that be known right now. That's one reason why OnlyFans is not going to say not going to die. That's the only reason why OnlyFans is kind of being clipped off at the legs right now. Because you have the people at the top wanting to give away what they did last year and say, you know what, we don't, we're not going to do it next year. We're not going to do it this year because you know what, people are back outside and all this other stuff. So that's the reason why we bend the knee to these people. You are an idiot. People are still going to want to pay for subscriptions. This is a new world that we're living in. People are buying subscriptions for everything. People have subscription for YouTube, YouTube subscriptions. Are you kidding me? People have subscriptions for Netflix. They have subscriptions for Peacock. They have subscriptions for Disney Plus. They have subscriptions for Hulu. They have subscriptions for, I mean, just everything anime uh, subscriptions, Crunchyroll. I mean, there's so many subscription based things now. How are you killing off something that every adult and every preteen is going to basically want to log into and watch? Because guess what? They have hormones. You need to release the hormones in your body, and once you do, you get this, and you get this serotonin level. You get that big burst of energy out, and then you feel relieved. And then guess what? You now are clear-minded again after you get done releasing that uh, that bit of energy, if you will. So you're only cutting your nose. They're your adult entertainment celebrities, or whatever you want to call them, are going to go off to another platform. OnlyFans is going to die. And that's the most dumbest thing ever. I plead with you. Don't make this decision. Yes, you already sent out a statement to all these fans, all these uh, people on this app, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you now, OnlyFans, I give this thing about a good, solid two years if they're going to keep the model that they're trying to do now, I give them only two years, and then that OnlyFans app is going to die. If they decide to change it and say we're going back to the way that it was, I promise you they're going to at least stay around for a good couple more years. But they need to hurry up and make that switch back because if you, they do not, They that app is dead in the waters. Now I want to talk about Mike Richardson. If you don't know who Mike Richardson is, this is basically a guy that was supposed to be one of the two new hosts for Jeopardy, and the other host was a female from the Big Bang Theory. She played the character Amy. I don't know her name or how to pronounce her name, but once you look up the Big Bang Theory, Amy, you'll know exactly who it is. But the guy got, well, he did a couple episodes. They're still going to play the episodes on uh, television, but he got dropped as the host of Jeopardy because he got uh, put out because of some episodes of a, Podcast that he did way back in the day, 2013, 2014. Apparently, on a podcast, he made disparaging remarks about Jews, women, and other groups in episodes of the comedy podcast, The Random Show, which was recorded in 2013 2014. And in the podcast, Richardson had asked this female assistant and his female co worker whether they had ever taken nude photos or, in his words, booby pictures. In another episode, he called his co host a booth hoe. So yet again, we're in this new era of people saying certain things back in the day, and now you're getting clipped for saying these things. I don't know if that was worthy of being clipped, but my mother slash agent slash management has told me that, yo, you need to be careful what you say. That's the reason why I had to uh, throw out an apology, because my mother wants me to make sure that I understand the gravity and magnitude of what you do on this uh, platform that you do have. Any type of platform that you have, you just can't go all mad stupid nuts. And I wanted to make sure when I did apologize, and again, I did apologize for this, I wanted to make sure to everybody to let people know that, yes, you can't go stupid dumb, but you can get passionate about something which makes you lose, not going to say lose, but makes you go over and beyond and make sure you drive the point home. And that's what I did on a past episode that I apologized about. So, let me just clarify that. But for somebody to say some type of disparaging remarks back in 2013, 2014, you got to look at that time era and you got to look at that. But if it's a comedy podcast and if he's with comedians and all that type of thing, see we see we're we're towing a line here. See, comedians are supposed to make you laugh. They're supposed to be controversial because let me explain something to you. Comedians take tragedies a lot of the times and usually turn them into comedy bits that people either laugh or they get shocked and be like and appalled by. And sometimes people don't really get appalled by um, comedy comedians like that. They really don't. A lot of the time people just be laughing and everything until you see the clip and people either will A, be at home and be like, Oh my God, that wasn't funny. Or either B and say, Oh my God, that was funny. And that was hilarious. And they're going to share the video around. See, When you're a comedian, you can you almost got carte blanche in certain ways to say what you want. But now we're kind of stripping it just a little bit. But I mean, here's the but here. You got to play within the new rules of what people are giving you. Just like anything else. NFL players, yo they can't hate each other so hard. They can't go helmet to helmet. Okay, cool. They have to switch up the game. And so they do that. And if you're still good at the game, you should know how to switch it up. And still play the game of football, basketball the same way. People can't get all rough and rough and uh, bumpy like they used to do. Now the new whole thing is straight up acting like you got hurt by fouling somebody else by either doing the whole failing flailing on the ground like a fish, even with a simple push. Because I've seen NBA games and I don't watch NBA as I stated before. I've seen like the highlights and somebody can do a simple push off of somebody and they will flop on the ground like a fish. Like, oh, my God, that was the hardest thing somebody has ever done, and I dropped so hard. No. No, you're playing within the rules, and you're making the flop something you can make and bend towards you. So as a comedian, you have to now find a way to make something bend to your will that say, okay, I'm playing within your rules, but I'm able to color outside it just a little bit enough that you still see the eye color inside the picture. But with this type of situation, this new guy got released off his duty as a host. But he still is, like, working behind the scenes. I think he's, like, an executive producer for the show. Uh, Yeah, he's an executive producer for the show. He still gets paid for this. He still gets paid. So he's not going to get, like, the big uh check. But even then, he didn't really get the big check. Because the girl from the Big Bang that's hosting things, the second host, she's going to be hosting, like, the primetime specials whenever they do it on primetime and they got big old college uh superstars on the show or even uh celebrities on the show of jeopardy or whenever they do like big primetime specials that woman's going to be coming in doing the hosting gig for this and she's going to be the one cashing in on big checks this guy was just supposed to be like the daily day-to-day operations for jeopardy and i don't think that he really cares about it that much i mean yeah sure you care about it because you lost the gig but he's still working as the background as executive producer. I don't think he's really gonna be crying that much off of it. But hey, that's just my opinion on that. He could be somewhere crying in the corner right now. I mean boo hoo and I mean getting down wetting the t shirt down with the snot and everything running down. If you see the guy, he I mean he looks like a crier that would I mean just like running some tears down his face. Yeah, he looks smug, but I mean he looks like he'll some he'll he'll run some tears down. But I don't think he really, like, really care about that. He lost the gig, but, eh, he's still here. He's still good on the Jeopardy, uh, Jeopardy background, and I guarantee you, let some time pass by. It's all gonna blow underneath the, underneath the, um, bridge. Everything's gonna be fine, and he's gonna be right back on the show. some way somehow, that's happening. And I want to talk about one more final thing before I get you guys all out of here. It's about... Um, Bob Dylan. I don't know who Bob Dylan is. Bob Dylan is supposedly a famous singer. Again, I'm coming from 1996 era, and I'm coming from like the early 2000s, so Bob Dylan wasn't the man around my time. So, again, I don't know who really much Bob Dylan is, but he's a legendary singer, and allegedly he sexually abused a 12-year-old girl in 1965. So he's getting sued for that, and this is coming from page six, the rich... Uh, the Richie Rich articles, The Richie Rich Neighborhood, if you know what page six is. And it reads, legendary singer and songwriter Bob Hope plied a 12-year-old girl with drugs and alcohol before sexually abusing her at her Chelsea Hotel apartment in 1965. An expensive new lawsuit alleges the blown-in-the-wind musician allegedly used his star status to groom, gain the trust of, and control of the victim as part of his plan to sexually molest and abuse her, According to the Manhattan Supreme Court Papers, which only identifies the plaintiff as J.C., Bob Dylan, over a six-week period between April and May of 1965, befriended and established an emotional connection with the plaintiff, say the papers, which was filed late February on behalf of J.C., now a 68-year-old woman in Greenwich, Connecticut. Now, let's just stop this right here. She was 12 years old back in 1965, and now she's 68, let's do the math, that is a good 56 years she had to wait and sit on this, that she, I'm not, I'm not understanding, I don't understand it, I don't, is this a money grab, what is this, what is it, nobody can tell me that you wait straight up 50, what, 52, no, no, 56 years for this, you waited 56 years to now say something, and you're 68, how how are we able to allow this to happen? How do we do this? As it continues reading, the suit alleges that Dylan, whose name is Robert Anthony Zimmerman, established a connection to lower J.C.'s inhibitions with the object of sexually abusing her, which he did, coupled with the provision of drugs, alcohol, and threats of physical violence, leaving her emotionally scarred and psychologically damaged to this day. The alleged abuse by the now 81-year-old like a Rolling Stones singer and songwriter occurred multiple times, and some of the incidents took place at the famed Chelsea Hotel the suit claims. Listen, I'm just going to stop it right here. Let's just do the math, okay? The man is 81, and she's now 65? 65, I believe. No, no, she's 68, so do the math. This is a 81, 68, 13 years age, gap, so he had to be 25, and she had to be 12 at that point. Okay, 1965, I'm not saying anything about it. People were nasty then, to today's standard. Back then, they would say, oh my God, that's just a normal thing. People would say that way back in the day, how somebody would be ready to be buried by the age of 15 or some, or even the age of 14, to somebody of older status, Back way back in the day, like Western days. But Bob Hope wasn't, (laughs) Bob Dylan wasn't around in Western days like that. Let me just make this clear she or oh, she had enough time to say all these type of things years ago but now she's coming out now hey do it uh, do with this which you will I'm just gonna say I ain't feeling it but I will give you guys more information about it whenever the time comes that's the only thing I do got for that and I am glad that you guys stuck around for everything that I had to say I am glad that today this whole this first week of school is done I'm not gonna lie. It was an anxious, uh, it was an anxious thing. I was anxiously awaiting just to get there to see how school would be, uh, handling itself. And to tell you the truth, everything's doing good right now. Everything's going fine. I was glad that I could, just go to school technically and get the mask, on my face and everything else. And people were able to have their mask on. And I was happy to see that. Um, I'm sorry about rambling right now. I'm just, I'm just happy that I got this episode done. And I'm happy that uh. This first week of school is done, and I will always keep you guys updated. And I will keep you guys updated about Bob Dylan as well, and every other news topics that I get throughout this next uping, uh, this next coming, this next week coming now. So, before I get you guys out of here, let me give you my social media links that you can uh, follow me at on Twitter is at my two podcast, uh, Instagram my two cents podcast g two. And if you want to get, hit me up on email or give me some, for some type of business inquiry, it's my two cents pod at yahoo.com. Whenever you put the two it's always the actual number two, not T.W.O. or T.O.O. is actually put the number two into all these uh, platform links, platform situations or what I just gave you and you'll be able to find me and I'll be able to hit you up and answer any type of question that you got or anything. Also, you can find any episodes of my podcast, any past episodes of the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and also the home of my two cents podcast, Podbeam. And I want to thank Podbeam so much because without them, I wouldn't be able to uh, distribute this podcast to these other two uh, platforms and more down the line in later years, up to coming years later now. Sorry for rambling. I just had to give a thanks to Podbeam for that. But, uh, This isn't goodbye. This is until you hear from this sweet voice uh, next week for the news uh, that goes around. And also, I had a wrestling episode that came out yesterday. If you haven't listened to it, uh, listen to it if you like professional wrestling. I will be coming out with a professional wrestling episode also Monday morning this week because uh, SummerSlam was last night and tonight will be NXT TakeOver 36. And I'll be giving a recap of both of those shows tomorrow morning so again if you want to listen to that just look for my Monday episode tomorrow but if not this isn't goodbye this is until you hear from the sweet voice uh again next Sunday for the news and with that being said this has been my two cents podcast presented by G2. I love you all stay masked up and I want you guys to enjoy the rest of your day and enjoy the rest of your week don't let nobody uh try to get you upset and just breathe in and breathe out and uh that's all I got for you and until i see you guys next week this has been my two cents podcast presented by g2 i love you all stay masked up stay blessed bye bye now i'm tired you tired Uh jesus wept